Roll for initiative. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game, because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have fun. fun. I'm Ryan, I'm your curmudgeon, and joining me, as always, is Carrie, the legend. Hello. And Jason, the favorite. So, um, uh... Like, you know... Yeah. That's all I got. Before we get into gaming stuff, let's uh, take a moment to talk about our Patreon backers. It's going to be an action-packed episode. Woo! <laughs> Before we started recording, Jason revealed to us that uh, he started to listen to our last episode but had to stop because he was bored. Hey, look. That's more your fault than mine. My parts are pretty entertaining. Yeah. Maybe I should... Could you make me a copy that's just me talking the whole time? Oh, you would hate it. Uh, I've been trying to make that copy for everybody. (laughs) They would hate it. Uh, I think so. Well, let's talk about people that hate you. Uh, Oh! So we have a Patreon... Wait, many of these people don't know me well enough to hate me yet. Uh, They listen to the episodes. They're not like the work people. (laughs) All right, well, we have a Patreon uh, where you can go and... Uh, where is it? It's at patreon.com slash podcast. Woo! Do you have any other questions for us? How much is each level? What's that? That's the dog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can we tell them about the, the $5,000 level where we bring... A professional doggy day spa person to trim her nails? I was just going to say that we would bring Trixie to their house and let her walk around oh, and make oh. click noises. Oh, And then one. they could feel like they're, par- like part they're of the living podcast. in the podcast. Live on And then we location. could have a motorcycle drive by their, their house <laughs> <laughs> whenever they try to talk. So if you become a patron at patreon.com slash podcast, you can get free stuff. You can get uh, books, postcards, shout-outs on the, on the podcast. And speaking of shout-outs on the podcast, we can give some right now. Shout-outs. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about people. We shall. Let's talk about Joel Eastland. Oh, Joel. That's all you had to say yeah, about him? Just, yeah. I mean, that's kind of all you need to say about Joel is you just go, oh, Joel. He'll know what I mean. <laughs> He'll know. Uh, oh, Ryan Martin. Oh, yeah. Ryan. I can't wait for his game to start. I won't be able to go to the first one, but I'm going to try to drive up and go to one of them. He's, yeah. he's been posting um, some like teaser stuff yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. It's a new Changeling the Lost game if you're in the Louisville area and you've got nothing else to do with it's your It's actually life. Lexington. It's all the same. It's in Kentucky. It is very different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kentucky's just one big homogeneous mass. What is right. it? Homogeneous. Okay. Homogeneous. Oh, Drew Stevens. Oh, Drew Stevens. <laughs> Drew, you never messaged me back about how to make that mechanic work. I, I, I understand, Drew. I yeah. do. He messages me all the time. I get it. Oh. Mostly weird pictures, though. Lost yeah, Colonies, Laura. Oh. The premier D.C. area, Laura. Oh, Joe Hines. Oh. What about... Noah Culture. Oh, Noah never <laughs> gave me an update on his life, so I can't help you. Okay. Oh, Continue Noah. being an award-winning night shift nurse. He can win all the awards he wants, but if he doesn't email me and tell me what he's been up to, I can't keep the the 
the drooling, anticipating public. Uh, I can't quench their thirst. More info about Noah Coltrip. I think it's the reason why we've gained so many followers in the last few yeah. weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever. Name one. Salim Halaby. Hey, I think that was pretty close. Pretty that was, close. That was Salim, I, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. He is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. oh. Ryan, Ryan Galliano. Carrie's oh. second favorite Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way it's like this week is the week that we just sound disappointed. And yeah. all of the people <laughs> who are giving us money. <laughs> oh. I'm just saying no one has got Trixie come to their house and walk around them yeah. right. for the full experience. <laughs> Is there anyone else you, that you're really sad about? Oh, Sarah. Well, if you'd like a disappointed <laughs> shout out, we'd love to give you one. And you excited get one. shout outs cost extra. That's right. We, we love everybody. You can get shout outs by going to patreon.com slash podcast to become a patron. And that money just pays the bills on the podcast because believe it or not, it does cost a little bit of money. So mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate all of you, even if we sounded disappointed. Mm. Well, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were sitting around this table recording a podcast. But now we're at this table recording a podcast. Woo-hoo. What you been up to, Jason? Let's see. I've started reading capers again. Ooh. Yeah, Craig's... Yeah. Uh, but Craig was posting the other day about how... Craig Campbell mm-hmm. was posting the other day about how he has it under one of the forms of open license. So I thought, what if I take it and look at it and see if there's anything interesting yeah. that I would like to use? He's doing. He's done Capers Pirates. Yes. And Capers... Noir. Noir. Mm-hmm. Capers Capers. Capers Capers. It's with the little fishes. Right. <clears throat> it's, that was, it was clever. That, that was, I know. That was, it was. clever. <laughs> it wasn't like quite laugh out loud funny, yeah. but it was clever. It was, I've it actually been like, working on it for a couple of weeks. It was like... A smile. It was like an... Aw, <laughs> Jason. Yeah. I'm working, working my way up. That little joke was totes adorbs. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So I'm rereading that. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the comic series, The Boys not the TV series. A friend of mine at work started bringing those in because she's also reading them, so I've been, whenever she gets done, Just I Just standing it. over her shoulder reading? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's why she loans them to me, to prevent that. <laughs> you know, I'll just let you take this home with you. If you go stand Don't over there. stand away from me. Anyway, it's really good and markedly different from the show. Yeah, yes. I've heard it's very different. It's mostly the, like... The action, the activities that happen, mm-hmm. like, yes, like we talked about before, they move around. Yeah, they swap a couple of characters right. or activities of characters. Yeah. But there's also a difference in kind of the themes. Like, oh, okay. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing in the show was that it's about the evils of American exceptionalism. At least right. that's what I took away from it. Mm-hmm. And in the comic book, it's more, so far, I've read the first trade, uh, about... How that uh, individuals with too much power cannot be trusted, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's a little different. And you know, as it goes on, we'll see. Yeah. All right. What about you, Carrie? Ooh, me? Yeah. You've been streaming oh. much lately? Uh, yeah. I mean, I stream my regular amount now. Okay. It's about five times a week. Wait, so. didn't you tell me something big happened? Uh, you finished Snowhaven, right? Well, yeah, I did finish Snowhaven and the cover. Because, yeah, the cover. Not, not reading it. Because well, no I read, I first, I read first edition. I haven't read second edition yet. Oh, I can't, I can't I wait to get see. it. Though. I didn't know. I didn't know that it was done. Well, no, it's not out yet. I, I know, but I didn't ah. know that they had finished 
second edition. They're working on it. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's, I thought you were like, well, it's out, but I just didn't get around to it yet. No, no, no. I mean, I finished the cover, and because I finished the cover for Snowhaven, on my stream we had a celebration stream where I drew Ninja Turtles, and we had homemade pizza, and we talked uh, we talked turtles, and we listened to, to turtle music, and it was very stupid and fun. <laughs> I mean, obviously, listen to Go Ninja. Uh, well, yeah, that was on. We had a bunch of the songs from the uh, coming the, out of their shell tour. Yeah, I forgot about that. Everyone did. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Uh. And uh, yeah, and it, it was just. I think um, there was some discussion on who was the best turtle, and there well, was that one's easy. Uh, Donatello, mm. Venus de Milo. No, it's uh. Donatello. Um, and. Uh, we even did some discussion on, like, what are good things that were, like, the Michael Bay movie. Name something good. You know, good there was some the good... That scene in the elevator? Sure, that, that was, was the like, most turtle thing in the whole movie. Sure, tonight. because that was completely the 80s cartoon. Well, you know, yeah, the, second, yeah. the second film is much more like the Ninja Turtles than the first. Of the two Michael Bay I've movies? I've seen the second one. I don't it's think better. I have. It's better. Oh. It's better. So it's like a three... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, um, I, I honestly, I think the best thing that came out of the Bay Ninja Turtles, I hate saying Bay Ninja Turtles because it sounds like they're from the Bay and then it gets mm. confusing. But or, from, or there are a bunch of Bays. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bay. Um, is is uh sh- the song Shell Shocked? I don't really know which artist did it. It's actually a really good rap. Okay. It's it's but Ninja Turtles and rap music have always gone together. I mean, it can't be better than Go Ninja. It no, can't be better than Pizza good. Power. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the worst song from their coming out of the shell tour thing was the Splinter song. Mm-hmm. He 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 does this whole like skipping stones and they've got like this really old <laughs> voice and he's trying to be all like mystic like wise no he's trying to be all like yin yang and, ah. and all that and you're just like oh my god you sound like you're dying <laughs> it sounds like you have a dying dog singing this stop it i will say that i saw a bunch of the art that you posted on your facebook page and your ninja turtle stuff is the best oh thank you so whoever obviously they listen obviously, obviously eastman and listen. laird are actually listening right. You need to call Carrie because she can nail your old school style. (laughs) That's actually what I first really started drawing was Ninja Turtles. That's your art? Well, that was the thing that made me go, I want to pursue this. Mm -hmm. Is because I I decided I like Ninja Turtles. My mom took me to go get a comic book to see what it was all about. Sure. And I would draw each panel from every book. Well, I would, you know, I was practicing. That's do, you, what you, do you have notebooks full of I don't reproduction? No, oh. no, because usually what happens is I throw them out because they weren't good. No, that I don't. I don't need them. I don't want them. I've got. I've got so much old artwork. I don't need all that stuff. Seems like a tragedy. A tragedy. There's hand drawn repercussions of original Ninja Turtle comics out there <laughs> in some dumpster. 
It's actually sort of appropriate. For yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are like, oh my gosh, these were drawn by that girl who's in the Superman Peace on Earth comic book. That's my claim to fame. Bring, uh, brings it all back around. Uh, what about you, Ryan? What have you been doing, Ryan? Uh, you know what? I've been, uh, you know, Cleveland Geekster is coming up. Yes. If you're in the Cleveland, Tennessee area. If you're anywhere in the world, <laughs> come feel to free the to fly here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jason said you could stay at his mom's house. Uh-huh. We've got apartments. Uh, yeah. Reasonable. But Cleveland Geekster is September 21st from 10 to 5 at the Cleveland State Community College Gymnasium. Plug. Uh, it's five bucks to get in. Kids 12 and under are free, but basically yeah. it's a big toy and comic book memorabilia art mm-hmm. show, and it's super a lot of fun. But because uh, I'm one of the partners who created it and run it every year, we've been kind of working pretty hard on that. And then I've also been doing a lot of research uh, and trying to navigate the chase rules. Run, run. For uh, the gun belt, I yep. think you have some have some decent ideas. Yeah, I was telling Jason about it before we started recording tonight. But uh, chase rules, it turns out, there's all sorts of interesting theory involved mm-hmm. with it, and uh, there are a lot of games that don't even bother with it. People feel very strongly one way or the other right. about chase. It's almost like Zaxby's. Oh. You're I'm so, not. I'm not. <laughs> so weird. Okay. So anyway, your chase no, rules. No. I think you're no. Close. is terrible. Like, out of the blue, Jason just suddenly, like, exploded with this hatred for the restaurant Zaxby's, and it wasn't prompted by anything. We don't... We drove past one. Oh, okay. That's enough. That's apparently enough, and he's very angry. Zaxby's is garbage. You are so weird. (laughs) Well, clearly it's time for combat rounds. And clearly we're never going to get sponsored by Zaxby's. Well, it's good. I wouldn't take their money. You don't have to! Let's go to combat rounds. All right. Welcome to combat rounds. Hello. 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 And welcome. Welcome. This is combat rounds. Today, uh, our topic is actually a little bit of a result of the rabbit trail research that I went down trying to discern what to do with the uh, chase rules for the gun belt. Well, tell us of this journey. Well, I kind of, the short version is that I've been asking a lot of people and doing a lot of research and, and it kind <laughs> the, of... The short version is he won't shut up. Pulled me, <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of pulled me into some things about game design theory, which I always find super interesting. I ended up reading this... Uh, basically, it's like this... It's a short dissertation by... Uh, Robin Hunick, Mark LeBlanc, and Robert Zubek. Wait, Mark LeBlanc, the guy who played Joey in Friends? No. Okay. I like to believe it is now, <laughs> just because. Uh, but they had wrote this paper about what they call MDA, which is Mechanics, Dynamics, and Aesthetics, and, and taught this as part of a game design and uh, tuning workshop at a game developers conference in San Jose back in like 2001, um, uh, but they wrote 2000? this. Yes, <clears throat> but they wrote this paper for Northwestern University. But what's really interesting about it, the reason this comes up, is because they talk about the eight, the eight types of fun in games. Mine. Your 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 fun. My fun. My fun. That's your two. Fun. Jason's mm-hmm. fun. That's three. Mm-hmm. Honor rolls fun. That's four. four. Let's see, where we could pick up. What do we have else? Uh, all the Ryans. Mm-hmm. All the Ryans. That's five. Yeah. Um, Salim. Salim. And, uh, 
Uh, I mean, if we do uh, Lost Colonies, that covers a lot. Of okay, it does. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. We go. So there you go. All right, let's go to game wrap. <laughs> done. I win. I win. Done. One of the things that I found interesting about these eight types of the eight types of fun that are in games is that they're kind of like love languages for players. Aww. You know, I don't know if you've read the or heard anything about you know like the love languages where it's yep. like. You know, giving and receiving gifts or verbally telling people that you love them or, uh, you know, acts of service. And there's all these different types of uh, of things that that can convey that you love someone and and people receive it better in different ways as well. And so that's kind of what this is. It's the eight types of fun. And there are you'll there are different combinations of these that apply to different games. So. Most games don't have all eight of these. Mm. It's true. And that's not a challenge. No. Like, that's challenge not a challenge. Accepted. No, because if you have too much, it's overwhelming. Yes. And it feels muddled. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's just you're bombarded on all sides, and it's not good. I think a game only has so much energy and fun, so to speak, to give. <laughs> so yeah. You don't, you know? you don't want to spread it too widely. Yeah, it's kind of like when you shotgun build a character where you make a character kind of like a little bit good at everything. Yeah. They're not really good at anything. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's kind of the same the same thing. So I thought we would talk about these, these eight sure. types of fun. Let's do it. Okay, we shall. All right. So the first type is sensation. So what do you mean by that? Uh, so it's like the finding finding fun through like pleasure, things that evoke emotions uh, like the like the story will make you emote. Okay. Um, it can come from like your sight if you use lighting at at your table or in your LARP, or or like on a mush if you send a photo mm-hmm. of what something's supposed to look like. Yep. Okay. okay. So like a tabletop game that uses really interesting looking maps and miniatures. Exactly. It could yeah. be something like that, and that okay. can that can make you because people derive a lot of pleasure just from the. The look of that stuff. Right, exactly. Uh, sound plays a lot of uh, into this one, too. Like mm-hmm. uh, music, you know, or your, your storyteller doing voices for the characters, or even your other players, you know, using voices and accents and things. I want a mush client that plays music based on the scene. No. <laughs> I, I didn't <laughs> no, say but, that it was possible. <laughs> no, a lot of people will share links, though. Like, this is the song my character's listening to. It's not the same. Well, okay, it's the best we can do. Okay. Sensation can also be touch. Like, you know, we talk about people who, like, fiddle with their dice. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Make a prop when you're at a LARP. Yeah. Right, right. Or Carrie always talks about how she loves the sound dice makes, like, when they clack together yeah. in your yeah, fingers. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, or, or books, you know, just feel, like, there are a lot of people who prefer at the table, like, physical books. Oh, yes, definitely. At, over, yeah. over PDFs. Mm-hmm. Well, PDFs are great for finding something really fast. Yeah, books for me are how I absorb the information. Well, it's it's emotional. Right. You know, it's books a, yeah. books have a, a connection and emotion to it, and the, you know not only do they feel, but they smell. Right. You know, and, and that's all part of this sense. This mm-hmm. type Everything. of fun, this sensation. Fun. Don't through, eat your books. <laughs> so the the second type of fun is is fantasy. It's like finding fun through make believe. So you don't mean like. Fantasy is in like fantasy novels. It could be whatever you don't the mean, setting is. Right, right. You mean uh, playing make believe? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this comes from like the you know you, you're experimenting with different identities. 
And that's crazy important. I mean, you can learn so much about yourself that Especially way. Especially in... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it also has to do with, you know, we talk about like <clears throat> like power fantasy. Right. The power fantasy element of role-playing games. Mm-hmm. So power comes into play with, with fantasy. So it's, that's one of those things I always find fascinating because like if somebody said, are you playing this game for power fantasy? You're going to say no. Right. You don't realize you are. <laughs> well, and because it's... But that you love it. It's implied that that's a bad thing. But it's not really. It... it it can be if taken too far. But, but there's there's nothing wrong with going, you know, my life is crap right now. I like the fact that my characters got it together. Yeah. They've got yeah. agency. They can change the world. Yeah. And I can smash things really good. And that's that's okay. And you know when a game doesn't have an element of power fantasy, you notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the gun belt had power fantasy, but we never articulated it. Mm-hmm. properly and so like that was one of the things at some point we play tested it and that was one of the things Jason said was like where's the power fantasy element and we were like Ashley and I were like it was right there what did we we didn't and it was our fault it was totally you our know what fault. made me notice is because the two of you when I run the adventure uh-huh. both you more than once commented that you felt powerless right and to me for a tabletop rolling playing game unless the specific theme is powerlessness mm-hmm you should never feel that way. Right, right. So there's this idea of fantasy that can also be uh, be the actual unreality of it. It could actually be the, quite literally the fantasy mm-hmm. of it. Um, but it also ties into immersion. See, I love unreality and immersion tied together. I want <laughs> to go to a different world and feel like I'm in it. Right. I want yeah. to go somewhere that's not, you know, that's recognizable in that I understand how people work for the most part. Right. But... I do want it to feel so different from the outside world that it's its own thing. Yeah. Right, yeah. I wonder if that... Do you, so you think that fantasy is one of the ones that, that speaks to you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, when, I, when I'm when i LARPing, like, I like when my character accomplishes their goals, but I'm more interested in playing the character. In the universe. Right. I want to be part of it. I want to be a werewolf living on a cairn. I want to be a vampire who's got all these really complex emotions because they're beast and humanity are constantly at war and so it makes them act in strange ways right uh you know and in like a like a fantasy larp i love the idea that i'm in this different world that where the rules are different and part of the game is me figuring out how all that works right cool uh so type of fun number three is narrative and so this is finding finding the the fun through the drama. Mm. So now you're going to notice some of these overlap a little bit. Yeah, and that's fine. But they are also very different. The drama element is is the unfolding story. I'm going to say that this is the hardest part to nail because it needs a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you can play test mechanics till they're decent, mm-hmm. and they don't have to be perfect. They just have to be close. Right. You can. Do enough stuff to make the fantasy part come alive. Yeah. Props, costuming, uh, the miniatures and the maps and the description. Like, that's a thing that you can just get good at. But drama, I mean, there's a reason why people go to college to learn how to write stories. And a bunch of those people can't write stories worth a damn. Right. Well, well, drama for me anyway is 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 difficult, but it, for it's it's the most rewarding because you have to involve other people. Absolutely. And so it's not just your drama. You are you know it's the person running the game, the person playing, and then all of the people that are playing with you. If they don't buy into it and support that drama, it goes out the window. 
Absolutely. I think it's the thing that in the, all the old games that we played and ran in, uh, the World of Darkness style, mm-hmm. Laws of the Night, Laws of the, even the BNS stuff suffers from, is that none of that mechanically enforces the idea that we need cooperative drama. Because at a game, I have to be able to say, hey, it's okay if my character loses here. And then right. you have to allow that drama to continue after I lose right. to you. So it's so hard in those games to, to make that drama work. I, I will say that mushes get that better than all oh, the absolutely. other games. Well, it's more collaborative. Well, I'm, that's like uh, the narrative drama mm-hmm. that is a mush. Right. right, like you know, you could throw everything else out the window, and mushrooms would still be going with just that. Mm-hmm. But but the finding fun in drama does require some sort of sense of purpose. Like you've got to have goals and actions that you're doing, even yeah. if you don't care if they succeed or not. As in, me, the player doesn't care if the characters' goals succeed. Right, they need a thing they're doing. This yes. is why, like in a mush, people get tired of just doing the coffee shop scene. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I've been tired of that in a LARP. Right? It's also why, like, at a tabletop game, if you play, let's say you were running a gaming group and we play the same game uh, with the same characters, you know, we play this campaign for four or five games Mm -hmm. and then we just stop playing. Right. For whatever reason, just the game just doesn't ever meet again. Mm -hmm. There are some people that that will drive bananas because there was no like Ending. they would have Zero rather closure. they'd rather have everybody come together one night just to run a total party kill because then at least it was closed yeah and that's that's where that they that's how the the find not finding fun in the narrative comes into play yeah yeah so I think what's fascinating about this is the fact that you have to balance what the characters are doing because there needs to be something propelling them forward mm-hmm and then what the players want. Right. Because they don't need to be moving forward, but they need to be working together in a way so that the story moves forward and also their personal stories move forward. Right. And you also have to take into account what the you know different storytellers, different dungeon masters, they enjoy telling different kinds of stories. Yeah. You gotta well. figure out a way to work together. Yeah. Right. So uh, number four is is challenge. And this is just finding the fun in the obstacle course. Right. So, I mean, you know, this is this is pretty uh, this would be the low the I hate to say the lowbrow fun choice, but like it's really kind of the one that mechanics most easily take care of for you. But you can also use this to tell a lot of story. There's uh, I was reading an article about a Boffer LARP and which they did all the they took all these uh, riddles and, and challenges and stuff like that. And they threw them at players that were really overpowered for the setting. But because they were having to do two things at once, it forced them to be more of their character. I'm having to fight off some bad guy that I can easily defeat, but I've also got to do this mechanical thing like, while I'm fighting, somebody else is solving a Jenga tower. (laughs) You know, or Mm -hmm. I've got to hop from stone to stone and fight this guy, and then also I've got to figure out the next step in this whole thing. Right. And so what it meant was it got them out of... You got them out of their own head. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reacting in the moment now because I'm having to figure out all this stuff. It actually can add to your immersion you're, because you, you don't have time to think this isn't real. Right. Because you've got all these layers going on, especially well-designed, uh, like modules. It's a right. big thing in a lot of Boffer LARPs is uh, all, the whole weekend is set up as a series of modules and things that you go do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that a certain amount in part of LARPs, but it's, it's not quite the same. Right. 
So we have so it's barriers and tests and puzzles, right. like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the easy, super obvious one is combat. Mm-hmm. You know, which ch- is really just a puzzle, right? Or it's a it's a puzzle, or it's just rolling dice. Yeah, like it yeah. can be either. Yeah, that's really. True. Um, and and sometimes you know a really well constructed combat can be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is nothing wrong with enjoying going to kill the dragon. And no. get the treasure and, mm-hmm. and do all. There's nothing wrong with enjoying that. Yeah, it's the the beer and po- the beer and pretzel game. Yeah, as they say. Mm-hmm. As long as everybody knows what they're getting, in, what they're there for. What right? I love is when you're playing that game, but then you're also playing the immersion game and all that drama on top of it. Like I get to have a good, fun, crunchy combat, and then we get to talk about our feelings and how. Man, we killed those orcs, but what was a better solution? You just, you just hold me. Or, and also, like, <laughs> I was so worried about you in this combat, but I didn't want to interfere with you because I knew that this was your moment. It was important. Right. Yeah, you needed to have this time to stand on your own two feet. Yeah, and and that's part of the reward. And, you know, cha- part of the finding the fun in the challenge is, right. is the reward. It's the overcoming it. I love it. This is the thing that Werewolf has always done best. A challenge with a reward at the end that's very personal. And usually it's personal, but it makes me bring in other people too. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. I get to be the highlight here, but I want you all to be part of it. And then we all go do something together, and then I get a prize. Right. <laughs> and even if I fail, I've gotten to go do something fun with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Does that kind of lead us into the fifth one? Fifth one is fellowship. Right. Yeah. So this the is ring. finding what? fun in the social framework. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, you're, this is this thing we always talk about, this idea that, you know, your gaming table, your LARP group, your, you're all your mush group, your, your social community. Right. And, and so this is about finding, uh, you know, finding, finding fun by being a part of that community. Being alone sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I read a, a great thing a, a while back and it was every single mechanic should be designed not towards specific things in the game, but, but but towards creating a better community that is around that game. So no matter what you're writing, what the setting, what the genre is, you should be making a game where the people at the table or the LARP or the mush, they have they enjoy being around each other. They create a community because your rule set Kind of encourage, tricks into it. It encourages yeah. that. It encourages that. And that can be in a competitive game. That can be in a game that's completely collaborative. Anything can be pushed towards that. Yeah, I think this is why so many people like uh, the character creation system that comes with games like Masks. You know, where like it opens with uh, a, the, the storyteller asking a series of questions like, okay, Carrie, your character once encountered a supervillain and... At the last minute, somebody swooped in and saved your butt. Yeah. Which which person was it? Was it, it was, Jason? Was it me? Was it, it was, one of the other players? It was Trixie. It was ah. Trixie. She click-clacked her way yes, into the scene. Yes, she did. Right? And then now suddenly you two have a connection mm-hmm. for later in the game uh, that, that will inspire interaction, which is part of that social framework that some people get, you know, get the fun from. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're setting that up in character in a system like that. 
you know, because it's already kind of banking on the idea that if you're all in the same living room together, you're probably somehow socially connected already. Mm-hmm. Typically. Or you need to be at the end of this characterization <laughs> yeah. in and out of game. Number six is discovery. And this is finding fun in uncharted territories. So this is probably my second favorite. Yeah? Yeah, because I love to learn about a game as I play it. Really? My experience with Werewolf was I started I started as a Cleoth. I wish I'd started as a Cub. Mm. Uh, and I got to f- learn about the game world as I went. And that was so great. Like I had a guy sit down and draw the big map like... This is the Umbra Circle. <laughs> this is the Dark Umbra, also called the Shadowlands. Big circle. Right. And yeah. here's this part called the... Oh, crap, what do we call it? The part where you just go in your brain. Werewolves can't get there. Only vampires do. Astro, the astral plane. Right. Like, and we basically never go here. And then here's a dreaming into a circle way off on the side. And, like, that was so fun to learn about the game in that manner. Right. And one of the great things about Bofferlarps I've gotten to play over the years is that was a big part of the game was and guess what everybody this week we discovered this about the world surprise this is the central mystery and we've gained one more clue sure and i love that stuff this is this is the thing is it's about learning things about the game world uh it could be learning things about npcs mm-hmm. yeah know? uh discovering that that npc is actually the the father of the bad guy or or things like that mm-hmm. but it's also about learning about the pcs too. Your own character and the other characters in your party. Oh, like when someone's, like, dark secret comes out. Right. Exactly. And then it can be about learning about yourself. You know, this kind of comes a little bit back to some of the the other other earlier ones, but, you know, this idea of uh, you hear a lot of people who are are role-playing to explore things that maybe they're not ready or or prepared or or know how to explore in real life yet. Yeah. I mean, everybody, well, I won't say everybody, but many of the people on my Facebook wall that have decided, well, have realized is a better word, that their gender is different than the one they were assigned at birth, so many of them were like, well, I was LARPing. Yeah. And I thought, I'd like to LARP as a girl. And mm-hmm. then they did it, and they're like, I'd like to do this forever. Yeah. This, this, this is this is what I'm supposed to be. Yeah, it's like, they they a lot of times people will be like, I, I feel suddenly okay in my own skin. Mm-hmm. And like, that's amazing that a game can help someone with that. It's just uh, the story of the, the guy I met out in the D.C. area who, who LARPed because he had a, he woke up with amnesia. Right. And he needs to go to Lost Colonies. Yeah. He had no idea who he was before he woke up in a hospital one day. And so he LARPed with the hope that one day uh, something that he encountered in game would trigger a memory. Mm-hmm. And maybe he'd figure out who he was. Like, those things are powerful. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's used as a... A healing tool for a reason by psychologists and, and stuff. Where we get the term role play from. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we also use it even in, in business to learn things. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to role play this customer interaction. To How to do you deal yeah. with them? Yeah. Some yeah. friends of mine just went through an interview process with the union because they were looking at uh, taking on a, a bigger position. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they did was they flew them out to Vegas to our big training center out there. And they they basically role played all weekend. They went through, hey, this guy is interested in joining the union, but he needs somebody to kind of, you know, work, walk him through it. So you role play doing that. Or this is a this is a businessman who meets you on the street and knows that you're an organizer and he's going to scream at you. Now, how do you deal with it? How do you calm the situation down? How do you perhaps put that little bug in his ear to make him think, well, maybe they're not so bad later? Yeah. And uh, it's 
It's powerful. How much? How much XP did he get? A hundred. He got both of them. Got offered jobs. Well, that's good. Yeah. This also comes closely with number seven, uh, which is finding the fun through self discovery and expression. Okay, so mm-hmm. explain that more. Well, some of it is the create creativity part, right? Like you're expressing yourself by creating a thing. Okay. You know, so this could be uh, I've built a character. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be I've uh, written his backstory. Mm-hmm. It could be that I've you know any any of those things. But then it's also uh, creating a thing in that you're telling a story together. Uh, whether that's your your you know your storyteller, the same thing. He or she is creating a thing as well. But it's also exploring a character, okay. You know, and exploring the world with with your character and how your character would would uh, you know not just interact with the character, but or with not just interact with the world, but also how the character would uh, would express themselves into it. Would you say this also relates to some of the stuff that's kind of related to game, but not directly involved? For example, I love to go to games that. Uh, inspire me to make interesting props for that game. You know, like Werewolf, you make the fetishes, you make the literal piece that it is, as well as the in-game rules. I made a baby. What? What? Well, a couple of times. Once there was a little plastic werewolf. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I I did a prop baby once, you know, so yeah. The costume you put together for her is pretty pretty creative, too. (laughs) And the makeup, like a ton of people... Learn so much about putting on makeup for costuming, mm-hmm. which right. is different than beauty makeup, but related. Mike could argue, you might could even argue that some of this falls into the the amnesia story right. as well. You know, trying, attempting this, the self-discovery about the, himself. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Who he is now mm-hmm. and not just who he was. Uh, you know, it also comes through spending experience points. Growth, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Things Mechanical like, growth of your character. Right, and the, the uh, you know, like this idea, like uh, sacrificing brawl points you could put in brawl. Instead, like, you choose to express this character by buying the cleaning skill. Right. I know I will, I would, I, one of the things with the, uh, I don't remember which edition of, of Dungeons & Dragons it was, if it was 3, 5, or 4, but one of them, they dropped a bunch of those uh simple skills like the craft mm-hmm. a lot of the crafting Cooking, skills yeah. you'll never you'll never you nobody ever rolls blacksmithing so we took it out of the game right, right. but but one of the things that you you they came to realize cuz they fixed it you know with fifth ed is that uh even though you're never going to roll it, it deciding to put the points into cleaning mm-hmm. matters to you and how you're expressing that character absolutely even though you know you're pissing the points away you know, if, from a matters. purely mechanical hack and slash, from a mechanical standpoint, it's it doesn't matter. But right. from a from a self discovery expression, expressing the character sense, like it's super important. The most fun I've ever had with characters are ones who had like almost a third of the skills dropped on things that didn't really right. affect combat. And you if you say. have a good table runner, they will take one of those skills into mind. With and if a you plot. want to be a good table runner. Yeah. Look at their sheets, and yes. if the guys got cooking, then or you need to have a situation where they cook, where they have to cook to impress someone, or a song comes on and someone has to dance with the the lady ambassador to you know get the information from her. I thought you were going to say cook to it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my burrito inspired by your song. What? I love you, everything burrito. <laughs> I love you, everything burrito. <laughs> Another way that uh, expression can come into play that maybe folks don't think about, too, is house rules. 
Oh, like writing your own house rules? Yeah, like, you know, house rules are not always just the result of what the storyteller does. You know, sometimes house rules happen organically, too, because you just realize something doesn't work for the group. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It could be a perfectly fine rule. Normally. It just doesn't work for you. Right, and and that is expressing. That's, you know, that's expressing yourself and, and the group that you're playing with. How many times have we met people who were decided to rewrite an entire World of Darkness book? <laughs> now, they they had a great time doing it. And maybe I never look at that, but they enjoyed it. So, more power to them, right? Yeah, if they're having fun, fun. The fun. only way, the only way, it turns out there are eight ways to win a role playing <laughs> game. <laughs> the the last one is to. I think if you do all eight of these funly, that's the secret ninth right. way. All eight the, funds. Eight funds. Well, it's not a punch <laughs> card. <laughs> Everything's a punch card. No. Like, Number eight in the report, mm-hmm. they called submission. So what does that mean? But a lot of the other places that talk about this prefer to call it meditation. Um, but so you can call it, we can call it whatever, submission, meditation. But the idea is that this is just finding fun through this being just a pastime, right? The idea of turning your brain off to the real world for a little bit and losing yourself in what you're in, in the game. Uh, so I, I used to play in a game that was like, hey, guys, we're going to do 10 rooms tonight. And that's what our goal was. We were going to explore 10 rooms of this dungeon. We role played, but really it was just about, hey, let's let's get through this big crunchy dungeon. That sounds like that sounds great. Right. We well, never made it because we had more fun <laughs> bullshitting with each other. Yeah. But it was it was so fun just to sit around the table bullshitting and trying to get through 10 rooms. Right. Yeah. It's the, the and, you know, some of the in uh, I can't talk. Yeah. In a video game, this is like farming. Some people you know, love that. Or, or grinding. Mm-hmm. You know, grinding is just... Farming is when you're doing the, the mechanics that you need to do to acquire uh, energy or equipments that you, you would get. To get your widgets. Right. To get the widgets in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And then grinding is in a video game is when you're just like roaming the countryside to fight little nothings to slowly get your experience points up so that mm-hmm. you can right. level up. Uh, so this is farming and grinding, like stuff that. But in a tabletop game, you know, turning your brain off and losing yourself, the, the submission meditation is kind of uh, like can be found in the ritual of of getting together every Friday night. Okay. You know, like you can turn your brain off. About, Friday, I'm going to have a game. Yeah, I don't have to worry about what I'm doing Friday night. Yep, pizza and Doritos, and, and do it's going to be fun every Friday. Yeah. It's yep. a regularly scheduled. Ryan's going to be drinking hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and having that one tear you get when you're remembering your childhood. Right. Yeah. Or And then the other tear when everybody starts making fun of you because you only ever make young elven thieves. Well, yeah, we well, don't make fun of you for that. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. it's it's how I You need I to play express Robin in one game. Why did you play Batman and not Robin? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, so, because I would have made him dress up as an acrobat. I'm... And acrobat. And acrobat. I'm in. Let's do that. <laughs> so this can I also... spandex that'll fit you. <laughs> Doesn't spandex fit everyone? I mean, isn't that like the thing? It's like one size fits I've everybody. I've people that just hangs off of it. It's weird. Yeah. You get about the extra small sometimes. Weird. Yeah. So the other, some of the other ideas behind the submission meditation ways of, of having fun is, uh, you know, sometimes it's reading the rules. Mm-hmm. You just <laughs> shut your brain down to just read the mechanics for a while. Uh, or it could be drawing your character. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then sometimes it's the actual game. The game can just be, you know, that beer and pretzel game we talked about right. earlier, where it's just tonight, we're going to do a crunchy dungeon crawl. 
We're not going to fight with each other. No. We're just going to... I don't. You don't really need to play a character. You're just rolling dice because it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. Like a minis game almost. And that's okay. Click clack of those dice. I used to love Warhammer Quest because that's all it is. Is it? Yeah. That's all it is. Everybody got has got a character. You got a miniature. And the whole thing is a dungeon explorer game. And you just go from room to room and smash stuff. <laughs> so this is... These are the eight types of fun. And so... Uh, what is what is the point is probably what people are trying to figure <laughs> yeah, out. Like, uh-huh. I sure as hell don't know. All right, no. so like we talked about this before. The point of this is, hey, now you know how do you use that. Right. So you've got sensation, fantasy, narrative, challenge, fellowship, discovery, expression, and submission. Mm-hmm. These are the things, these are the types of fun that can come from a role-playing game. And different people will identify with different types of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at this list, what yeah. what speaks to you? I, I think most people will say fantasy mm-hmm. is right. one of them. Uh, for me, though, like I said, though, drama is super important. Right. Um, the narrative? And, yeah, the narrative. Um, being able to tell a tale and ha- tell a tale with other people. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, I like expression, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I like, you know, being able to... Is there one that really doesn't speak to you? The challenge doesn't as much as the rest of them. Yeah. I like having goals as my character, but I don't have to I don't have to reach them. Right. Like I don't have to kill the dragon to have fun. You don't even I have don't. to really try. To me, the trying is part of the drama. Not part of not hmm, how do I do this? Right. It's it's more how do I do this dramatically to have a good story. Right. Or <laughs> major. What about you, Jason? What what speaks to you? Uh, well, like before, I talked about fantasy. It's just like Carrie. It's a big deal to me. I'm there to role play a character first. Right. I want to feel what that person is feeling like. Uh, and I would say that it, it's... Well, that would be... I mean, also feeling what they feel like. That's sensation. Well, that's what I was going to say. Sensation's good, too. And I love discovery. And, of course, everything a little bit. My least mm-hmm. favorite is probably submission. I despise grinding. Anything where I have to do something repetitive over and over again. Uh, And while I do like games that are like crunchy combat or whatever Mm -hmm. your your crunchy thing is, I I don't know. I just I I don't get fulfilled by them as much as I did when I was in my 20s. Right. And it's not because I feel like I'm too good for them now. It's more like I'm like I've only got a limited amount of time. To role play. So I got to cram as much of the stuff that I really, really yeah. love into it. And I don't have as much time for just rolling dice. Sure. Fair. Which I love, but it's, you know, it's secondary. Yeah, yeah. Right. What's, so I'm kind of interesting. Like for me, <laughs> they're, the two that are most closely together are the two that speak to me the most and the least. What are they? <laughs> well, the one that I love is the, the narrative. I love the drama and the idea of telling the story and watching the story unfold and uh, having the sense of purpose and mm-hmm. the goals and the actions that go on in a narrative tale. Uh, I love I love that drama. But the one that I dislike the most is the is sensation, which is the the evoking having the emotions evoked, uh, you know, like I'm. I want my character to be in an emotional situation, but like, I don't want to be so immersed that I go home still feeling it. Okay. You know, like uh, that part I don't care for. Uh, you always make fun of me because you're like, you always say that my, my characters in LARP walk right up to moments where they have to cry and then I make a joke. 
Oh, so many times. You'll <laughs> It's frustrating. I've actually had other people complain because you will take something so hard. Like you'll be so going so hard and then you'll be like, "Oh no, feeling feelings. I've got to stop." Right. Uh, just a game, just farts, a game. Farts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and that's just cuz that part I, it's not fun for me. Like I, I don't want to take it, it home. upsetting, don't you? I don't want to take it home. Huh? You know, it's my pastime. The other part, though, that the other one that I that does speak to me a lot is is I also love the expression, which I think ties into the narrative part, sure. the telling the story part. Uh, I also love creating something. Um, you know, Carrie can attest to this. Like, I could sit here and make characters for a game all night long. Mm-hmm. You know, like I yeah, <laughs> I could log Even in a game you're never going to play. Right, exactly. Like, I probably have a dozen of those. You know, I could go into. Uh, uh, a mush, and I could just make twelve alts, and and I'd play one of them, but I could just make them all because that that speaks to me. And then I you fun. need to come on to my mush and make a bunch of uh, roster characters. Yeah, roster characters. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, you know the other the other one that I do like is I also enjoy the a little bit of the submission aspect. Like I like having a regular pastime. You know, in fact, it's the the thing that I dislike about the fact that we don't really that I don't get a chance to tabletop as much as I'd like to. It's hard. I miss having the freedom, and a lot of this just comes from being older and and work schedules and family schedules, and you know, having kids and those I, things. I get it. I had a Tuesday night game that ran for almost five years. Right. Yeah. And then and you I, had a Scotty. No, that was after Scott was born. Really. But once you hit like five, everybody moves away. <laughs> this is your fault, Amy. <laughs> you should have never moved away. Well, we talk about these things, I guess, mostly because in as much as these are the things that speak to us as players, these are also things that we that games do. You know, different games yes. nat- naturally do different parts of these better or worse. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons clearly handles challenge uh, very well, mm-hmm. but doesn't maybe handle the the sensation quite as well. Though there are moments to that, like the maps and the miniatures and things like that that people really get into. Right. But that's not inherent to the game. Exactly. You know, uh, White Wolf games, you know, Vampire the Masquerade, you know, that very much handles handles narrative very well, the drama. Yeah. Uh, it does not handle the fellowships, the the, no. the social community very oh, well. Goodness, Even the no. games like especially Werewolf. the LARPs, especially <laughs> the LARPs. Uh, yeah, so you know they uh, different games are naturally good at different things. As, as an example, uh, this paper that that all of this research comes from talks about the game of charades. You know, we all know charades. Okay, right? so what does it say? Charades. So is? charades naturally leans into fellowship. Yes, yeah, right. I you're get all it. in a room together. Okay, it naturally leans into expression because you are having to create yeah. signs yeah. for things, uh, and then it naturally leans into the challenge because it's a guessing game. Okay, so you have to. It's the thing you can win. Right, exactly. Uh, and then there are other games like it talks about uh, the Sims. You know, yeah. the, everybody's we've all played yeah. a version of the Sims, right? The Sims leans into discovery because mm-hmm. uh, you and fantasy. And expression and the narrative. Uh, and then Final Fantasy, it does really well. Final Fantasy hits fantasy, narrative, expression, discovery, challenge, and submission. Uh, you know, because you can schedule, like, I mean, they don't call I play every Tuesday day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, different games naturally lean into things. And I think that's also true 
of storytellers. Mm-hmm. I think different dungeon masters and storytellers oh, yeah. have have strong points as well. Like Carrie, I think you naturally very much uh, can tell a story, a, a narrative story, and and you naturally get into like a sensation stories. You know, making people feel. I do. I'm like you will feel in the scene, and then you punch Why? them. I do, and I'm like you feel pain. I do feel pain. You know, different games lean into different things, yeah. and that, and that uh, is interesting because that's kind of the the three elements the MDA paper was written after. Like, so they call it it's mechanics, dynamics, and aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind it is that the mechanics are the rules, yes. right? So that's kind of the game, mm-hmm. and then the dynamics. Are are the system, which would be like the storyteller. Okay. The guy, the system running those rules is the storyteller. I want to start be, being called the system now. Yeah. And then, and then the aesthetics, which is the actual playtime fun, you know. So the aesthetics would be the that execution the of the rules. Well, you said the aesthetics is the people doing it. The players. So it's... They're executing these mechanics. They're they're interacting with the mechanics through the system, which okay. is the, the DM, the storyteller. And so it's interesting because you've got you know the mechanics can 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 demonstrate different aspects mm-hmm. of these eight. The the storyteller can demonstrate different aspects, and then the players can de- can demonstrate different aspects. And I think what this can can help us as storytellers is to take a minute and look at your players and ask yourself, you know. What do I notice these players respond to? Yeah. What should I be leaning into and what should I maybe pull back a little bit? What is their language of gaming? Mm -hmm. Did I communicate the kind of game that I was going to run so that they knew which ones of these to expect? Yeah. And I think you can even ask your players, hey, look at this list of eight things. You can even explain it. Maybe it's part of your session zero. Yeah. And just you can just say, you know what? Sensation, fantasy, narrative, challenge, fellowship, discovery, expression, submission. Like what what do you enjoy? Tell me what thing you find, these things you find to be the most, most fun. And maybe, you know, maybe make a chart, <laughs> you know, like grab a, grab like a keep notes. Yeah. But I you want, know, I want a chart with stars like that. They can Carrie put, gets uh, a gold star under yay, sensation. Yay. Yeah. But you know, you can make a list though of, of what, what each of your players likes are, mm-hmm. you know, where they, they seem to think they find their fun and then, you know, lean your game into that. If you happen to Wait, know make that, my game more fun for my players, right? What? It's crazy. That's I know. crazy talk. I know, but you know, you can you can lean into the things they like. Like if you know that they really like the fantasy element, then mm-hmm. you can make your game a little. You know, World of Darkness is a great example of that. World of Darkness can be almost exactly real life, except with vampires, mm-hmm. or it can be pretty fantastical. You know, it's not a bad system to do challenge. If you really understand the rule set. Right. Because people, there are people who love doing World of Darkness combat. It's a little slow for me, but I also get why they like it. There's yeah. a lot of granularity. Yeah. You can also then avoid the things that your your players maybe don't find fun in. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so think about it. Think about the list and maybe there's something in there that can, you know, make your game a little more fun. Woo! Or maybe we just wasted an hour of your time. Aha, it doesn't matter. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> or, or. No. All right, let's go to Gamer Hap. Woo-hoo. All right, welcome to Gamer Hap. That was so much fun. Yeah. I hit like five of the eight. Uh, I hit all eight. I win. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, you I, win. I was fun. at zero. 
Yeah, I know. I had no fun. Um, that's I, normal, though. I lost. It's because you're the oh. DM. Yeah. Well, we can be found at honorrollpodcast.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere else. That Please find us there. We're desperately lost. Yeah, give yourself some... <laughs> Some uh, five-star reviews there, Jason. Six uh, stars. Yeah. And please mention Ryan in all of your reviews. Right. Right. <laughs> you can go to Twitter at Honor Roll Podcast. But you can also find us at Facebook.com slash group slash Honor Roll Podcast. And, of course, uh, if you're Noah Coltrip, you can send us an update on your life. <laughs> but at, only Noah Coltrip. At hosts at honorrollpodcast.com and last but not least uh, we would love for you to become a patron get some free stuff and also a shout out on the show at ah, patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast <sighs> we made it you yeah. did I take it back everybody please send us what's going on in your life <laughs> I will read them I promise yay. yay maybe not on air but he'll read them that'll be our special Patreon episode me oh. reading everybody's emails that's oh, true mm-hmm. it's true I'm gonna send an email just because I want you to read it okay <laughs> not like that last one though I, well, this is still having ex- nightmares it's just exciting to me because I didn't I no pictures didn't know you could read <laughs> Marty's reading it to him Alright, well, Carrie, you get uh, 72 experience points. That's Ooh. very specific. It is. Well, what? that's because of the um, the number of uh, types of fun that you had. Okay. Plus yeah. two. Plus two. Yeah. Oh. I thought you were going to say the number of bullet points. Well, two is for attendance. Mm. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Right. Jason, you get uh, 46 and a half okay. experience points. Um, you can win the additional half experience point right now. <gasps> If you can guess the number I'm thinking of. Seven. No. Okay, Uh, well. You're full of shit. It was seven. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, join us next week when our topic is uh, Zaxby's The LARP. (laughs) Not played at Zaxby's. Played it somewhere with good chicken fingers. Let's just say that this this LARP is sensational. (laughs) I wish that our Blockbuster, Blockbuster LARP had taken off. I know. Oh, I can't get so Blockbuster, fun. email me back. We're going to do that. <laughs> All right. Until next time, I'm Ryan the Curmudgeon. Carrie the Legend was here. And of course, Jason the Favorite. Remember, the only way to win a role-playing game <laughs> is to <laughs> have fun. Yeah, no, avoid the Zaxby's. Avoid the Zaxby's. <laughs> Sensation. Mm.